Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast, where our goal is to equip listeners with the tools they'll need to not only enter the kingdom of heaven here and now, but remain in the kingdom that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. I'm your host, Harrison Watson, and in 2018, God called me out from the world for this purpose and many others. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to the 25th episode of the Enter the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Watson. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah, we have a, we have a good one today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a topic that yeah, I, I've quoted this verse a ton, but I don't know that I've ever actually taken the time to really dive deeply into it. So uh, the verse that we're going to be focused on today, there are actually two verses that we're going to focus on today. And it's something that God has me actually reminding myself of multiple times a day, every three hours, actually. And uh, tonight on the stream, when when we were when I was doing it, uh, it, it, and this is separate from the stream, but tonight on the stream, um, boy, he he really brought it to the forefront that the reason why I was so frustrated in the work that I'm doing is um, because I kind of disregarded this principle. I thought I was doing it, but I wasn't. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. So the two verses that we're going to be uh, talking about today are John five nineteen through 21, and then uh, John twelve forty nine through 50. Now, I use these because they're really good examples, uh, and I think it, it states it really clearly um, for us, but there are other examples uh, in John and, and in other places where Jesus is saying very similar things. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read John 5, 19 through 21. And then, um, then we'll, we'll dive into the topic today. Then Jesus answered and said to them, I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. It's pretty heavy. There's a lot that's in that verse. But again, that was John 5, 19 through 21, New King James Version. And I really want to start, I want to focus um, on the very first sentence of of this, John John 5, 19. Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do. What does that mean? Well... God kind of reminded me of exactly what this means tonight. Uh, he, he, I'm working on a project right now, and I have been working on it for a couple of years. And if I'm being honest, I thought that um, this project would have come to a conclusion already, um, that we would have seen the fruits of it already. And, and perhaps God had hoped it would too, but, he also, but we also know that all things happen in God's timing. 
And the truth is that sometimes we can get so focused on the output that we can forget the importance of the process and how important the process itself actually is. In fact, the process is often more important than the actual outcome. Because without going through the process, you can't get the outcome. I'm going to say that again. Without going through the process, you can't get the outcome. So one of the instances, that one of the situations I'm dealing with right now is a situation in which um, the system that I'm building, that uh, and I have been building this farming system, uh, water is leaking out of it right now. And we can't get it to hold. And no matter what we do, there always seems to be something that is causing this water to leak more and more. And boy, that it, I've been working on that that one issue for two weeks. Uh, I've used more Flex Seal than probably the rest of the state of Ohio combined, and more of these other tapes to try to patch this specific area, but it, it still keeps leaking. And so the question is, why? Well, it's, metaphor. it's a metaphor. Water, what is water? Water is spirit. What was God hovering, what was the spirit of God hovering over before he spoke in Genesis 1? And, the, and it says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep, the waters. The issue that I have and have been dealing with is that I forgot a key principle that he taught me and that he's tried to have me read and remember three times a day, though I don't always read it. Uh, or every three hours a day, though I don't always read it every single time that it pops up on my phone. Um, and, and God had me do it as a reminder to read it so that I can keep my focus. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to be re reading it more again. Truly, the Son can do nothing, most assuredly, it says, but, he, but others translate as truly. Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. The Son. Now, Jesus at this time is talking about himself. The Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. But he's also translate. Jesus also says that we are supposed to do the things that he did. He said that those who believe in me not only will do the works that I do, but even greater works than these because I go to the Father. So, and and Paul also says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, yes, Jesus is talking about himself here, but he's also talking to you. And he's translating this where he says the son, he's, tra he's, transla he's speaking about himself, but it also translates to you. You and I. And... You know, one of the things that we prayed early on in this process is that God wouldn't allow us to get outside of his will and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, especially as it relates to the work that we're doing. And you know, 
God is good, so he's going to answer that prayer. It's in alignment with him. It's about unity. It's about alignment, all these other things that we've talked about. God likes to answer prayers that are in alignment with what his word says and his will. He answers those prayers. And since this specific prayer is in alignment with both his word and his will, he will answer it. And the process of answering that can sometimes be a long one and a frustrating one for us, especially if we decide we're going to operate out, try to operate outside of it. And so I've been frustrated, like devastatingly so, exhausted every single day, um, racking my brain, trying to think, what can I do to fix this? I've asked God what he, what he would have me do. I've done those things. It's still leaking. So what's the issue? The issue was that I forgot that I can't do anything apart from him. And so for me to try to take what he is saying and translate it into my own understanding means that there's a possibility and perhaps a strong likelihood that in my translating of what God is trying to say rather than just doing exactly as he says, I'm going to build something that is going to fall short of his glory. What he's actually trying to accomplish here with this project. And since this project has been openly dedicated to God, And it has been made abundantly clear publicly that I am walking, that I am claiming the name of God. He's not going to put his stamp of approval on something. He's not going to allow something that falls short of his glory in those instances to come to pass. And he doesn't care how long it takes or how frustrating it is for me. You want to know why? He's got time. <laughs> he's got he's got unlimited time. But more importantly than that, if I take what God is saying and I try to translate it into my own understanding of what it, that is and then try to implement it, and I and I end up getting outside of his actual image that he has for this project in any place. It won't stand up to his glory. And God, and it's my job to glory, it's our job to glorify God's name, but it's also God's job to remain consistent in who he is. And so if I'm, if I'm going to come out publicly and say that this is, this is God's project, God gave me this, and he did. He did. I've shown the notebook where he showed me exactly what how, the dimensions of it. It was written in cubits. I had to translate it to feet so that I could understand what that meant. But because of that, and because of the prayer, and because God is good, and he has to remain consistent, God can't make 
compromises. He is holy. His name must be revered as holy, and he must be shown to be holy and good. So anything that falls short of that, anything that human beings might do of their own fruition, that falls short of that glory will not stand. And since God is going to answer the prayer that we would not allow him, uh, that he would not allow us to get outside of his will, and that his will would be done here on the earth as it is in heaven, especially as it relates to the work that we're doing. And his name is all over this. He can't let me move forward. And so I've been literally beating myself up, trying to figure this out, only to find out tonight literally in frustration. You know, my wife was helping me. God gave her some God gave her something to tell me and oh god I feel so bad. But I get so sometimes when maybe other people can relate to this when you're just like there was something else that that she told told me to do. It was just to go over my notebooks. The notebooks where all these things had been written, but it didn't have any specific <laughs> didn't have any specific instructions. And so here I am this whole time, and I've been trying to make sense of what the heck's going on, and I'm racking my brain, and I'm racking my brain, and I'm racking my brain, and I'm, you know, beating my head against a wall. And then this this new thing comes that she asked me to do, and I get frustrated because I'm like, well, what am I looking for? What is that? That's me trying to control that's me trying to manipulate the situation. That's me trying to take the instruction of God, mold it into my own idea, and carry it out according to what I think is right. What is that? Wrong. Out of alignment with the Word of God. The verse says, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. So anytime in anything that I do that doesn't come from the Father, could fall short of the glory of God. And especially as it relates to the things that we have publicly declared have God's name on it, he will not compromise. He won't compromise on us. He won't compromise on the things that he has us doing. His principles must stand. Why? Because it is that very consistency that we all rely upon for deliverance. And so if he decides he wants to make a little, he makes a little uh, exception over here, then he's got to make a little exception over there. And then it starts becoming unbalanced. And then he, and then... He's lowering his standards. That's not the way he works. He has, he is the bar. He is the standard. We are meant to morph, we are meant to work with him, and he does the, a lot of the work, let's be honest, by the power of his Holy Spirit to change us. He came into us, imperfect beings, to turn us into something perfect. That's a hard process. But when we take on his name, 
You know, I'm talking about a, a project at the farm. But when we take on his name, we also, he's not going to let us stop short either. And that can be a frustrating process. So why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because after finishing the stream, God called me back in here to, to record this episode. And to say that nothing we do of our own fruition will stand. And so if anything we're doing, we want to stand the test of time. God built the earth once and it still works. And he hadn't had to do any other work since. He laid the foundations of the world. He built it. Everything in the universe still operates the way that he created it to operate. And all things that you read, if you were to go through the Bible right now and take a look at his principles, you know, most of these judgments that God is bringing on, there are certainly miraculous moments when we talk about the Red Sea parting. That's certainly a miraculous moment of God. But a lot of the things that he has put in this book merely tell us what his principles are that we should follow if we want to walk in freedom, if we want to walk in a way that is in alignment with him and doesn't bring the negative consequences that come. He, he says, I, I put before you blessing and a curse. The blessing if you follow, if you walk in alignment and the curse, if you don't. Why? Why is this? Well, first off, we know that Jesus fulfilled the law fully. So we're not, we're, we don't do these things in order to fulfill the law ourselves. Our righteousness is not of ourselves. So that's not the point. That isn't the point. But Jesus does tell us that the law, that until heaven and earth pass away and all things are accomplished, that not a single dot of a letter will be removed from the law. So it's still important. Why is it important? How is it important? It's important in that it gives us the guidelines by which we should operate in order to walk in maximum freedom. Maximum freedom and maximum provision and alignment with God and the principles that he set at the foundation of the world. A lot of the things that we talk about, you talk about pestilences and disease and, and natural disasters and earthquakes and all these things that, that Jesus predicted here at the end of time. You take a look at what we've done in the earth. And how that has been done, not from a heart of do something good for the people necessarily, but really oftentimes from a heart of greed and self, selfish ambition. And we see all these things, and then all of these other things come. Why is that? Is it because God is sending something specifically? Maybe in some circumstances, but I think in a lot of circumstances, it's simply because he knew 
when he told his prophets to write these things down and when he and when people were writing these things and understanding them that the principles that he set in place if this just con- if, if certain actions continued in one particular direction it was just it was inevitable it was inevitable but god also tells us this that all it takes is to repent to turn and walk the, the right direction to get out get yourself out of that situation so it means that no matter how far out of alignment we've come, all we have to do is turn and start walking the right direction. And God will take care of the rest. His principles, not only will, his princi- will we be walking in alignment with his principles, but the principles themselves will help us overcome the things that have taken place. And so I suggest that everybody who is in the hearing of my voice right now, we all need to take a personal inventory. What is it that we're doing today that's putting God in a box, that's doing it based on what our understanding of what right is, or what the world's understanding, or what we've been told and taught is the real understanding? Because the truth of the matter is that 99% actually... 100% of the things that men have built will be gone. Unless God, unless the Lord builds the house, they who build it labor in vain. Why is he saying that? Why is he saying that? He's saying that he wants us to build like he builds. Once and let it work. How do we do that? Well, we let him show us how to build it, tell us how to build it, and we follow his instruction. So we need to take a look at that personal inventory. I'm not talking about the way, you know, so often when we, when we, when you hear a message like this, people are like, well, am I managing my money in alignment with the way that God wants me to? Am I doing my work in alignment with the way that God wants me to? Those are important. But let me be clear, there will be no money. Babylon will fall in one hour. One hour. And here soon. How soon? I don't know. But we're in the time. The things that we put our reliance on here in the world, they won't be here. They won't be here. I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm saying that so that we can start thinking differently now and start aligning our minds, our hearts, our actions with with God's way. Because every single time in the Bible, God has always had a remnant of people who adhered to his ways, whom he protected. When all the plagues happened in Egypt, they didn't touch the Israelites. He set them apart. But we have to truly be walking in alignment with with these things. And by the way, and I just saw this for the first time, uh, you know, there were others who left Egypt at the same time as the Israelites. Take a look at it in Exodus. 
Exodus chapter, I think it's chapter 12. I have a better look. Give me a sec. Yeah. It's Exodus 12. Um, really, the whole chapter is good to read. But you'll see in the midst of that that, uh, you know, God brought other people out and they left with the Israelites at the same time. Presumably, these people were uh, people who were walking in alignment with God. And they weren't even fully prepared at the time that it happened. That's why during the Passover festival, they still eat unleavened bread. Because they weren't fully prepared for it. But God still found a way to take care of them. All of us remember the, the manna in the wilderness. Right? But what we need to be doing now is thinking about, okay, what is life going to look like after this? We don't need to try to figure it out for ourselves, but we need to seek God for it. We need to seek God about the things that we need to be doing now to prepare for what's to come. I don't mean like a, I don't mean like in a, hey, let's all go get, you know, buy all the water we can and, and all these things. If God tells you to do those things, fine, but make sure you're not doing it out of fear because God doesn't operate in fear. God doesn't operate in fear. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of peace, love, and a sound mind. And if this message brings you fear, when you hear about the, the things that are to come soon, how soon, I don't know. But we're in the time. If they bring you fear, start there. But know this. God will take care of us. But we need to be making sure that we are not doing things to get in his way. And we need to remember that we are but men. And he is God. And anything that we think is great that men have ever done, it will not be here. It will not be here. Only the things of God will stand. And so we should be doing whatever we can now to take whatever God has us working in. And if we've morphed it in our own image, let's ask God how we can change whatever we're doing now to be in alignment with what he says, to get us prepared so that it can stand, so that it can stand. Father, I thank you for humbling me and causing me to see the error of my ways. Father, I, I, I ask that you would help all of us to not put you in a box but to truly fully submit our minds, our will, and our emotions to you and your ways on an every second of every day way. I ask that you would give us the humility, that you would grant us the humility and soften our hearts to receive what you have for us now, that we would not think about things the way that they are now, but start thinking about the way that they will be and come to you to prepare today, start preparing today for what will be. 
Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over everybody under the hearing of my voice, and I ask that you would protect them. Watch, watch over them, Father. There are a few who I'm seeing right now who are resistant to it, and as they hear this, they don't like it. I pray for them specifically. I pray that you would soften their hearts. And if there's a way that I can be of help to them specifically, Father, that you would show me. Kyle and Trent. Those are the two names. When he gives me names, he's not he's not trying to call you out. He's he, he, in a way to be scary. That's not what he's trying to do. Um, he's trying to let you know that he's thinking about you and that this message has vital importance and to not allow your heart to be hardened to it. Father, we thank you for who you are. Help us to walk in alignment with you. We lay all that we are and all that we have at your feet, and we ask that you would help us multiply it, that you would multiply it for us. We ask this of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and consider it done by faith. Amen. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today on the Enter the Kingdom podcast. If today's message was an encouragement to you, please consider sharing it with someone whom you think it might encourage. Also, make sure to subscribe for free to our podcast and join us every Monday, God willing, as we continue on our journey together. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.